Welcome to the Unremarkable Brain Podcast, a fat-fueled adventure into the world of epilepsy, the ketogenic diet, and much, much more. My name is Big Dave, and I'll be your captain on this little cruise. I'm not a doctor, researcher, or health guru. I'm just a fellow traveler on this journey of learning. A few years ago, I stumbled on a low-carb way of eating, and at the time, I thought it was nothing more than a weight loss gimmick. But I opened my ears, started to listen, and I discovered that cutting out carbs and embracing healthy fats is a well-researched way not only to lose weight, but also to manage my epilepsy and increase my brain health, a journey that I've chronicled in my recent book, My Unremarkable Brain, available now wherever books are sold. Now, several years in, I'm still listening, learning, and thriving with a low-carb diet, plus exercise, sleep, stress, purposeful living, and many other lifestyle changes. This podcast is a chance to share that learning and hopefully inspire you to thrive in your own life, whatever your situation may be. Please note that although we talk a lot about health, nothing that you hear here constitutes medical advice. Always talk to your doctor, nurse, coach, shaman, or other healthcare professional before undertaking any diet, exercise, or lifestyle changes. Now, on with the show. Hey gang, Big Dave here. We had a lot of fun last year doing our live Healthy Happy Hour events, and we got lots of great feedback from you all. I'll be putting out those full interviews in audio form here in this podcast in the next coming weeks. But uh, one piece of feedback that I really heard was that there's so much information to absorb, some folks found it a little bit overwhelming. So I'm trying something new here, something I'm calling Big Dave's Small Bites. The idea is to do some quick, easily digestible mini-interviews, about 10 minutes or so, on very specific topics. The first of these series will be with my good friend, Dr. Ben Bocchicchio. Dr. Ben is a giant in the field of health and fitness. A recent inductee into the National Fitness Hall of Fame, where he keeps the company of such greats as Charles Atlas and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Dr. Ben has PhDs in both exercise physiology and obesity. He's published over 200 articles, collaborating with medical researchers at places from Johns Hopkins to Arizona State University. His book, 15 Minutes to Fitness, is a very comprehensive, very readable introduction to the low-carb diet and to exercise, and I can't recommend it highly enough. I'm so lucky to have had this opportunity to talk with Dr. Ben, and I can't wait to share with you all that he has to say. So, let's get to it. Thank you for being here, Dr. Ben. Oh, my pleasure. Always, always a good time, Dave. Great. Well, let's, uh, like I said, I want to do just sort of like um, little short uh, bits on each, on each of these questions and kind of get your thoughts. Um, first one that I have written down is a question that comes out all the time when we talk about um, diet and exercise, right? Everyone says, well, I want to lose weight. The way is diet and exercise. Um, and the question I often hear is, um, you know, how much of it is diet? How much of it is exercise? You know, there's some guys out there that'll say it's 80% diet, 20% exercise. Some will say it's 95% diet, 5% exercise. Yeah. Um, some, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's all these different opinions. And I know you have two PhDs, one in uh, exercise physiology, if I recall, yep. and yep. one in obesity management. So you're the person, perfect person to answer this question. Um, or or is, the wrong, is it the wrong question to be answer, asking, I guess? Um, that sort so of dichotomy. The original, yeah. the original, the, the question is how much is diet, how much is exercise? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it, it depends on how you want to rate and judge the uh, importance. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the simplest part, the easiest part to manage 
maybe not to perform, but to manage is the exercise. If you get your exercise done, and then that's that's the formal part of the muscle activity, then you, we want you to be active, which I consider, in addition to exercise, I want you to be active, and that would be your walking and jogging and hiking and tennis and golf. And Okay, uh, that it's simple. You'll get it done. Um, the most difficult and ominous part of the process is eating because eating is so multifactorial and so, uh, so, so evident in, in almost everything we do on a multiple times per day basis. Okay. So, but eating is, I mean, you know, if you really want to be um, kind of cold about the thing, eating is really simple. Just you have to eat, you know, fewer calories long run. Okay. Which means, and you want to make sure that those calories induce the least amount of storage kind of a process and stimulation. So basically that's pretty, I mean, it's easier said than done. Okay. Again, with the exercise, it's finite. You do it, it's over with, you've met your obligation. That's cool. Okay. With, with eating, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's um, habitual, it's environmental, it's hedonistic. I, I just gave a talk on hunger and I broke it down into like five different categories. Very rarely are we right now in our modern American kind of society truly hungry, meaning we are in kind of really dire need for calories and energy. Okay, So hunger is, is a whole other issue. I mean, we do have hedonistic eating, and I describe that as something like uh, I've had all the steak and lobster I can take. And you say to me, listen, Ben, you want another lobster tail? I say, no, nah, no, thanks. I'm full. But 30 seconds later, you say, Ben, you want this uh, melted molten chocolate lava cake with a piece of ice cream on it? And say, yes. Okay. That's hedonistic. I'm not eating because I'm hungry. I'm, I'm eating because I want the the pleasure, light up my opiate receptors. It's really, it's it's pleasurable. That's hedonistic eating. Okay. So if we understand the complexity of eating and diet, it becomes more complicated. Now, if I had to, you know, judge this thing, I would say it's at least 60% diet, okay? But if we're talking about the actual stimulus for the pathways that will help us reduce stored body fat and increase our metabolic rate, things like that, exercise is way important Mm -hmm. and much more important. And the reason people say it's all, it's all, um, Diet is because it's very hard to stick to most diets. And in addition, many, many diets that are prescribed are ineffective. So people can say, I'm dieting like crazy. I'm exercising more and it's not working. Well, it's the wrong prescription to start with. So it's kind of hard for it to work. So, you know, I'm not dancing around the subject, but, you know, many of the people who use diet strictly say it's all diet. Mm -hmm. And there are some people and I don't agree with them, and I'm an exercise guy, but I'm also a diet guy, I mean, eating person, uh, say that, well, if you just exercise, you know, and don't eat really anything really terribly bad, you're going to do fine. Many people swear by both or either. And so to me, it's a combination of events because this whole process, this whole dilemma has to do with energy. How do we use energy? How do we store it? How do we take it in? How do we burn it? And how do we manipulate that energy process coming and going to, in, in the most effective um, way to get to the whatever the objective is? And in most cases, it's increasing lean mass, body mass, I'm sorry, um, muscle mass and decreasing body fat. So manipulating those two variables, I think, work hand in hand. And of course, I'm an exercise guy, but I understand 
how people could say diet is just so, it, and it is very difficult. It's so multi-behavioral. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. I hadn't been thinking about it in, in, uh, as far as the, the input, the, the effort that it takes, but certainly yeah. sticking to a diet all day long, every day, yeah. Yeah. Right, that's going to take a lot more energy, a lot more uh, uh, commitment than, you know, doing the 15 minutes uh, uh, workout yeah. twice a week. Yeah, exercise is finite. You can get it done with, get your obligation accomplished. Eating is, you know, something quick in the morning. What's for lunch at work? What do I do when I come home? We're having somebody over. I'm going to have to go to a, a meeting and everybody's eating, you know, finger sandwich or whatever the hell. You know, so yep. it's a constant kind of a challenge. That's a great point. That's a great perspective, too. Um, because I have heard you talk about... Um, in some of the low carb uh, conferences, you've talked somewhat about how a lot of the low carb people do kind of miss the boat when they talk about, oh, you can't you can't outrun a bad diet, right? Mm-hmm. Those yeah. sorts of things. Um, is there something of a, I guess, synergistic effect when you get when you get both dialed in? Oh, sure, absolutely. I mean, you, I mean, if you go to an extreme, let's say a keto diet is kind of extreme. Okay, mm-hmm. if you go to a, a keto diet. It is certainly going to go a long way, not guaranteed, but a long way in having you reduce the effect of your eating on storing energy or body fat. Okay, there's no question about it. If you went to the same extreme in exercise, I guarantee you it would have a, a, a similar effect. I remember Peter Atiyah saying that when he was into heavy training, and Peter's kind of a, a hardcore dude, right? Yeah. He said he could eat. 150 grams of carb and still be in heavy ketosis. That's how much exercise he did. So now we're talking about that's an extreme circumstance. And so is a a keto diet. I'm not saying it's extreme, meaning it's bad for you, or it's not easy to relatively simple to, again, simple to accomplish. But yeah, sure. I mean, you know, so you can't, but if you eat everything on the planet, and and that includes things that are going to just supply you with huge amounts of energy, no, it would be pretty much, you'd have to be pretty much walking or jogging, you know, 20 hours a day, and then we have a sleep issue, okay? So, yeah, I understand what they're saying. Don't just go think you're going to go out and start a walking program and think you're automatically going to burn, you know, you, all your stored body fat. In fact, this is another issue. Cardiovascular, steady state, aerobic exercise is a poor way of trying to reduce body fat and lose body weight. And I go into that, you know, in my book, and I've done um, lectures on that because it's steady state and we do burn calories while we're doing it. But we also, as a result of that exposure to that kind of activity, slow down after afterwards metabolically and get a little more hungry. So <laughs> you, you do this, you burn 100 calories, you slow down 25 calories worth in, in, uh, uh, of expenditure because your body does slow down. And then you're hungry and you eat another 75 calories, the net effect of that is zero. So most of the literature says that it's a very inefficient way to try to lose weight as a singular modality. Yeah, yeah. Now that makes all the sense in the world. I I always laugh because um, near our house, there's a there's a fitness studio, one of these name brand, you know, national things. Yeah. Um, a core workout kind of thing. And right next door is a donut shop. And <laughs> any time of day, you'll see folks walk out of the fitness studio oh next God, day yeah. and they'll come to the donut shop, you know? So they worked up an appetite and now they're going to, um, you know, undo all the good that they've done, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, now you, I, and I like what you said earlier about both calories 
uh, and appetite. And, you know, you mentioned the keto diet, uh, you know, in your book, you sort of advocate for a con- what you call a controlled carb diet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that, is that a way of getting at uh, lower calories? Is it a way of, of influencing the hormones? How does the, you know, how does yeah, that, Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, kind of, kind of, you hit it on the head there a little Mikey. So, I mean, any, any nutritional, any diet plan, any eating plan with the goal of reducing body fat, losing weight. Okay. That allows you or allows you to remain hungry. Okay. doesn't address the hunger issue is bound to fail. I mean, we have so much available food. It would be unnatural for any mammal to have this much food present and not imbibe. Okay. So and that really comes down to just too many calories, sending too many signals to store those calories for us to now release those calories and store the energy in the form of stored fat uh, on, a, on a, a relatively easy basis. So, yeah, not again, the simple analogy is that people say, well, it does cal- a calorie is a calorie. Well, that's not really true. And again, you know, 500 calories of a, a pan of brownies and 500 calories of a, a you know, a, a big bowl of broccoli. Obviously, I don't think anybody would deny it was going to have a different metabolic effect. How, how much, you know, energy are we going to store? How much are we going to use? Uh, what hormonal system to drive that storage and that usage uh, pathway is going to be um, instigated by that kind of selection of food? So, sure. Um yeah, the, the, you have to. There's a couple of levers with eating. Okay, mm-hmm. one is volume. There's no question about it. You can eat, uh, you know, with the exception of a couple of big old dudes. I mean, you you, you can eat two and a half pounds of ribeye a day, and for most people, you're, you're not going to lose weight. It's just too much energy. Okay, mm-hmm. too many calories, too much energy. Okay, now if you're really active and, you, and you've got you're carrying 200 pounds of lean tissue, okay, maybe. Um, but so my point is. Volume is number one. And most of us, my, my issue really is volume. I mean, I could sit down. We made, what did I make yesterday? Chicken thighs. I marinated them. We put them on the grill. Now, th- there's no there's no stopping me if I wanted to just eat until I was felt sated with me having, you know, like a dozen chicken thighs, full thighs. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a lot of friggin' energy, okay? Yeah. So you have to watch that a little bit, even though it's all good and all whatever. That's nice, okay? And secondarily, or, or the second phase is what is the composition of the food? Again, is it is it fat inducing, storage inducing, or is it energy that gets used readily and instigates hormonal responses, meaning it upregulates the rate of metabolism? Okay, so you burn the, the fuel. Okay, and the other thing is basically, I think timing has a little bit to do with it. We're finding out more and more. Um, it's not a be all and the end all, but it does make a difference. I think. A thousand calories eaten uh, at one time of the day, once once a day, as opposed to three times, three hundred thirty-three, three times a day. Uh, and there's enough literature and enough evidence to say clinically that it does make a difference. So you can manipulate those things: volume, you know, quality of food, quantity of food, and timing of eating. Wow! So much knowledge being dropped by Dr. Ben there. And really a lot to unpack. So if you want some more, check out my article about this episode on my website, unremarkablebrain.com. There you'll find show notes, further information, and the latest in my low-carb journey of relentless learning. 
You can subscribe there to become part of this community and get my freshest drivel delivered right to your inbox. In the meantime, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. Algorithms love ratings, and giving us a nice, juicy five-star review will help other people to find this information. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep living large.